So we're delighted. And so David is here speaking this morning, is with us this morning, and then tonight at Derby Road. So let's give him a big round of applause as he comes to share and speak this morning. It's good to have you with us, David. That's great. Well, it's really lovely to see you and uh, again. And I don't know whether it's the water here in Long Eaton, but you're all aging very well. <laughs> you don't look a day older. <laughs> and uh, we've been enjoying the hospitality with David and Sally and uh, having a loop round everywhere. But uh, it's really good to see you and we love this building. It's really nice, isn't it? Um, Yes, I'll, I, I wonder whether to share this little um, story with you of uh, a grandma in America. I think it was America or somewhere over there. Um, I'll just read it out. I don't think there are anybody like this. There is anyone like this in Long Eaton. But um, the other day, she says, I, I went to a local Christian bookstore and saw a honk if you love Jesus sticker, bumper sticker. I was feeling particularly happy that day because I had just come from a thrilling choir practice followed by a powerful prayer meeting. So I, I bought the sticker and put it on my bumper. As I stopped at a red light at a busy junction, just lost in thoughts about the Lord and how good he is, and I didn't notice that the lights had changed. <clears throat> it is a good thing that someone else loves Jesus, <clears throat> because if he hadn't honked, I'd never have noticed. <clears throat> I found that there were lots of people who loved Jesus. <clears throat> Why? While I was sitting there, the nice man behind started honking like crazy. <coughs> and he leaned out of his window and screamed, For the love of God, go, go! <laughs> what an exuberant cheerleader he was for the Lord. <coughs> Everyone started honking. I just leaned out of my window and started waving and smiling at all the lovely people. <coughs> I even honked my horn a few times to share in the love. <laughs> there must have been a man from Florida back there because I heard him yelling something about a sunny beach. <laughs> I saw another man waving in a funny way with only his middle finger stuck in the air. <laughs> While I asked my teenage grandson in the back seat what it meant, he said that it was a, an Hawaiian good luck sign or something. <laughs> well, I've never met anyone from Hawaii, so I leaned out of the window <coughs> and gave him the Hawaiian good luck sign back. <coughs> my grandson burst out laughing. <coughs> Why, even he enjoyed this religious experience. <coughs> A couple of people uh, were so caught up in the joy of the moment that they got out of their cars and started walking towards me. I bet they wanted to pray or ask what church I attended. 
But this was when I noticed that the lights had changed. (laughs) So I waved to all my sisters and brothers, smiled at them all, and drove through the junction. (laughs) Uh, I noticed that I was the only car that got through the junction (laughs) before the lights changed again. (laughs) And I felt kind of sad to leave them after all the love we had shared. (laughs) So I slowed the car down, leaned out of the window, and gave them all the Hawaiian good luck sign (laughs) one last time. (laughs) Praise the Lord for such wonderful folk. (laughs) So, there we are. (laughs) I... I, uh, It is permitted to laugh in church, I'm sure it is. <clears throat> I forgot to ask your pastor if I had permission to do this little advert, but I'll, uh, I'll take it as uh, okay. <laughs> if any of you uh, were taking a party to Israel next year, and if any of you would like to come, we'd like to take you. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to walk on the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, do all the places where the Lord went and all the miracles and Elijah went and all all, all the familiar Bible places. So if you're interested, I've brought one or two um, brochures with me and you can can have a read and uh, if you want to come, just fill out your deposit and send it off. We use the the Worldwide Christian Travel Group. Uh, Amen. Right. I was praying much what to, what, what to talk to you about today. And this verse uh, was quickened to me from the book of Joshua. And it's chapter 13. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. You may have, in our church in Plymouth, they mainly use the um, NIV. I think. Do you mainly use the NIV here? The nearly infallible version. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, this is Joshua chapter 13, verse 1. And Joshua was old, advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, you are old. (laughs) Advanced in years. And there remains very much land yet to be possessed. (laughs) The word I want to bring to you this morning is, you could have had more, or you haven't finished yet. There is still much land to be possessed. There's still much land to be possessed. Now, at this time, Joshua Joshua lived to be 110 years of age. Moses, as you may know, lived to be 120. The Bible says his eye was not dim. His natural force was not abated. He was as strong and as healthy uh, when he was 120 as he was when he was young. But Joshua lived to be 110. So maybe Joshua is about 100 years old by this time. Joshua was just one of two people that uh, entered the promised land uh, 
from Egypt of that particular generation. So there was a great generation gap. There was only Joshua and Caleb of that original generation that entered in to the promised land. So the Lord said to him, you are old. (laughs) Yes, yes, the Lord, yes. I don't know whether the Lord might say that to some of us one day. You are old. (laughs) You can't do what you once did. But there remains much land to be possessed. Now, uh, there is a spiritual principle uh, in the scriptures. The land of Canaan does not speak of heaven. We say, well, in the land by and by when we, you know, we get to heaven. It is not speaking of heaven. It is speaking of a quality of living now. Jesus said, the thief doesn't come but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. A full life. Not just getting by. Some people just seem to get by in life. Don't Oh, they're always under the circumstances or under the weather or under something or other. You know, but um, the Lord came to give us life in its fullness, abundant life, life in all its fullness. So this land speaks of life in the spirit, a life that is free from guilt and the nagging powers of the past. A life that is free from fear. (laughs) Fear of the past. Fear of the future. Fear of disease. Fear of the dark. Fear of spiders. That's got a few of you, hasn't it? (laughs) Free from anxiety. Jesus' favorite words. I don't think he said hello to anybody. He said, fear not. (laughs) It was his favorite word. I'm... Am I all right with this clip around my ear? <laughs> it was his favorite expression. Fear not. It's going to be all right. <laughs> he came to bring us peace. But peace with God and peace with ourselves. He came to bring joy. He said, my joy. Even though he is known as a man of sorrow and familiar with suffering, the Lord was tremendously joyful and I think in heaven it'll be like one series of volcanoes that erupt in joy Jesus was joyful and um, when the 70 people returned disciples returned um, they said Lord it's been wonderful even the demons are subject to us through your name Jesus he said he rejoiced in his spirit And the Lord wants us to have this abundant life that he came to give. A life that brings peace into your heart and joy into your spirit and victory in your life. That that you live in personal and collective victory. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to lead us all from one degree of glory to another. And so this land of Canaan speaks of this victorious kind of existence 
that we were born to have. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, Egypt speaks to us of the world. Where we were before Christ met us, we were... Uh, um, we, we, we weren't saved. We, we, were, we were under the domination of the enemy of our soul, Satan, who kept us in, uh, restricted uh, by his lies and deception. But praise God, we came into a place where we understood that Christ had died for our sins and we could find forgiveness at the foot of the old rugged cross and we could come out of Egypt and we could come from the dominion of darkness and into the dominion of light in Christ Jesus. And so we were saved. But uh, this generation had come out of Egypt but there was this period of a wilderness before they reached the, the promised land. Now, the sad thing was that only a few people from that first generation who came out of Egypt ever did enter Canaan. They never seemed to make it. They never made it. And the New Testament tells us how they never made it, why they never made it. Of course, there was unbelief for a start off. When the 12 spies were sent to look out in the land, they came back. They said, well, it's a really good land and, and, and everything is wonderful. But <laughs> there are people in, in life that's the but people, aren't they? It cancels everything out. Uh, so they said, but there are giants there, and we are like grasshoppers. We are little grasshoppers, and they are giants. That's how they saw it. But the two men of faith, that was Caleb and Joshua, they said, if the Lord is pleased with us, the Lord will bring us in, because God is bigger than any giant. Hallelujah. And so it's commenting, the Apostle Paul is commenting on why they, they couldn't get into Canaan. This is what he said in Corinthians 10. He said, uh, these things happened to us as a warning that we would not crave evil things. They wanted what God didn't want them to have, basically. And then it says, and they worshipped idols. Let us not worship idols as some of them did. Um, anything can become an idol in our life. And we must not put anything before the Lord. Um, e even uh, wives, husbands, girlfriends, boyfriends, possessions, anything can take the place of the Lord. And he is a jealous God. And he wants us, he wants himself to be the first in our life. And the wonderful thing is that when he is first in our life, everything else seems to fit in perfectly. But these people, they worshipped idols. They had the celebrations of feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. And it says we must not engage in sexual immorality as they did, and caused 23,000 of them to die in one day. And then he says, let us not put Christ to the test, as some of them did. When they said of the... Uh, the Lord is the Lord among us or not? You know, let God, you know, just come down and prove himself and all this. 
And then it says, and, and don't grumble, as some of them did, and they were destroyed by the angel of death. Grumbling, oh my goodness. Grumblers. A church, you, can, you might be shocked. Now prepare yourself for a shock. A church can get over bouts of immorality. We, we, you know, we've all had the situation where the pastor runs off with the organist. <laughs> Who's the organist? Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, maybe not the organist. <laughs> and it's a, it's a scandal, and it's in the papers, and everybody's all tucked at this awful, terrible, awful, wicked, awful. And, but after a while, you get over it, and you move on. But an insidious grumbling. Have you heard the music's too loud? Music's too soft. The pastor's too tall. The pastor's too short. The pastor's wife's awful. Thought I'd get that in. <laughs> grumble, grumble. It corrodes. It's like a canker. It they were grumblers, these people. Brother, nothing suited them. And, and they didn't enter into the land. Now, the Lord wants you and I to enter into everything that he's got for us. And so it says in Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, if there's a promise being left, it's called, the land is called in Hebrews, the rest, the Sabbath rest. If there's a promise of entering into his Sabbath rest, some of you seem to fall short of it. Don't fall short of it. Enter right in. Don't die in the wilderness. Now, I believe, I don't know what your, your theological disposition is here at Long Eaton. I've been away for so long. You might have got a bit of error since I left. <coughs> error might have crept in. But I, I believe the, the, the wilderness saints, I believe they were saved. They came out of Egypt. They never went back to Egypt. They were saved, but they never entered into fully in what the Lord wanted for them. And some people are saved. You'd never guess it, mind you. But they are, they are saved, but by the skin of the... They're just in. Oh, for goodness sake. Let's not be people who are just in. Let's be fully in into the promised land, seeing a place of great victory. And collectively, as a church, seeing what God wants for you and, and, and the possibilities that are opening up for you. Now, this uh, thought came to me. Um, one great leader, Moses, one great leader had passed into history. <laughs> and another great leader, Joshua, was about to pass into history. And I should imagine that when that new generation, you see, the old generation died off, the old unbelievers, the old pessimists, the old whatever, they had all died off. And there was a new generation, a Joshua generation, that was going in to possess the land. They were going to do great things for God. And uh, Joshua led them. And uh, I should imagine that that was an exciting time in their history and in their lives. Jericho fell down. 
And then they made the mistake of AI, remember. And, and then that eventually fell. And city after cities fell. And they were invincible. Things were moving. Things were great. And I thought there are periods in your life, there are periods in, a, in the church life when things are exciting. And you're cutting new ground. And you're breaking new ground. And things are happening. And everything is exciting and new and wonderful. And people are getting saved and people are getting healed and people are getting baptized in the Holy Ghost and it seems to be victory after victory after victory. Exciting days and I know you've had them here in Long Eaton and we've had them in our lives. Exciting days <clears throat> uh, under Joshua where the enemy is pushed back, people are released from bondages and sin and, and all that kind of thing. But that phase had passed. Joshua is now old. <laughs> and the Lord said to him, you are old. You are old. <laughs> but there's still much land to be possessed. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, glory. The, the, there's still a lot more that I have to give to you. I've not finished. <clears throat> it's almost like starting again with this people. Uh, you have not fulfilled all that God wants for you. There is much land to be possessed. <clears throat> More of the power of God in your life. More of the gifts of the Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. More of the presence of Christ in your personal life and in the life of the fellowship. Uh, my wife, uh, Jean, was telling me of a lady who's been coming to our church down in Plymouth. She said, I, I cry every time. I cry the moment I get in church to the moment I go out, I'm crying. And that is just the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, that phase in her experience won't last forever. But I think God sometimes cleans us out with a few tears. I always tell folk, tears in church are not a bad thing. They're cleansing. And sometimes just the presence of the Lord. I was, we were out in Honduras the other year. I made a decision in Honduras when we were in this church. I made a decision. I'd not quite kept to it, but I made a decision never to criticize our band for playing loud again. They were deafened. I tell you, I thought, goodness, we're all going to be praying for folks who are hearing problems this morning. They were deafening. And then all these dancing girls come on, and waving and dancing and flying past me here. And, and, and I tell you, I was just moved. I thought, here's a people that they don't even understand English, some of them. <laughs> Foreigners. <laughs> and I thought, here's a Three people, the church packed out, these women dancing up and down, the music blasting out like we, they were ministering to folk in Africa, you know. <clears throat> and, and, and here they love the Lord. 
And I was just so moved to tears. Streams of tears were running down my face. I thought, how wonderful, Jesus, that you've walked into this village and you've saved all these people and they're rejoicing in God and they're just having the time of their life and they're praising you in the way that they know. I was just moved. It's just wonderful, isn't it? When the presence of the Lord is... We need more of the presence. Yeah, I've been to millions of, I think, well, I don't know about millions, but thousands of meetings. I've been preaching in some meetings and I've thought, dear me, I wish this sermon was finished. (laughs) 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 But the presence of the Lord is so mighty and we need more of the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. More people won for Jesus. Isn't it thrilling? I remember uh, when we went, uh, when I was here in Beeston, um, Billy Graham was preaching both in um, Birmingham at the Aston Villa ground and in uh, Bramall Lane, was it? We went in Sheffield and I organized the trains for, for Tekken. And I know that a lady in Beeston, Jane Smallwood, uh, had a husband. He was a great big builder. Have you seen Popeye and uh, olive oil? Well, (coughs) he was like Bluto. (laughs) I always think he's a great big guy. He was a big beer. Well, she twisted his arm to come to Billy Graham's meetings. And we were all praying and banging the gate of heaven and we, we got split up, our group. So we, uh, we were right up in the gods somewhere. And we watched John and Jane. They were behind the stage. And it was in the sunshine. The sun was shining. And Billy Graham was preaching. And, and he gave the... He said, I want you to get up out of your seats and come. And my eyes looked at him. And in the sunshine, I saw this great big guy get up and walk to the front give his life to Jesus it was a thrill there's nothing better is there for believers when they get saved oh praise God we have a guy now in our, our, our church he'd been a, a concert pianist or something and his, his wife uh, his wife got saved first she, well his wife came out was it you that led her to the Lord I, I thought I led her to the Lord and then Jean led her to the Lord afterwards so <laughs> <coughs> I don't know whether my doctrine is not too great or not. (laughs) Anyway, whoever led her to the Lord, she got saved. (laughs) And then she brought her husband. And then he got saved on an Alpha course. Was it an Alpha course? He got saved before the Alpha course. That's not allowed, is it? (laughs) He got saved. It's It's just thrilling, isn't it? When people find the Lord, it does Christians good. Oh, hallelujah. And uh, it, it's just one, you could have had more. I thought, God, there's still much land to be possessed. Hallelujah. There's still more to go. More fruit. More wholehearted followers of Jesus. This is what we're, what we're working at. Jeff, who's taken over from me, he's into this discipleship. You've got to be a disciple. That's fine. I agree with, I agree with it all. People, (laughs) we agree with everything. (laughs) But for people to grow 
as believers. Oh, for goodness sake, put the milk bottle down. Get into, you know, get real. Some people just look the wrong way at them. They're, they're, goodness, they're backsliding, aren't they? So for goodness sake, grow up. Anyway, to grow as, as believers. <laughs> Wholehearted followers of Christ. You know, it's, it's great to be in the nursery with kids and all. I mean, I like children. And, uh, they, yes, we've had three of our own. And now we've got 11 grandchildren. Yes, we told them what's causing it. But, <laughs> but in the spirit. In the spiritual sense, great to have new converts. But it, we like to see people grow, don't we? Get a hunger for the things of God. Get a hunger for the Word of God. Come along to the Bible study. Or it, mind you, we yeah. I'm thinking we 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 knocked off the Bible study meeting. We, we've started again now, doing specialized Bible teaching for a while. That's what we're doing. Yeah, I gotta keep. I gotta keep up with all the new things that's, hap that's happening. But to grow as a believer, you could have had more. And then the Lord said, "He said, you've, I think He said, you've not fulfilled all that God wants for you. There's plenty to go at. Plenty to go at. There's not a time." When I don't look, I felt it yesterday when I walked through Nottingham. All them people, thousands of people in Nottingham. And, and, and in Long Eaton, the traffic jams, good gracious me, should be abolished. <laughs> and, and, and thousands of people in Long Eaton and all these new buildings. There's a lot to go at. There is a lot to go at. There is much land to be possessed. There's a story, I'll conclude with this. Story in the Old Testament of when the old prophet Elisha was dying. And the king, Joash, the king of Israel, went to see him. And he said, oh, my father, my father. The chariots of Israel and the horse. What are we going to do? What are we going to do when you go? We can't manage without you. <laughs> and the old prophet, I mean, he was having none of it. He said, um, get your bow and arrow, he said. He said, open the window. He said, now get ready to shoot your arrow. And the old prophet, dying old prophet with his shaky hands, got hold of the bow and the, and the king's hand. He got hold of the king's hand and he said, shoot the arrow. It's the arrow of God's deliverance. So sh the, the old king shot the arrow through the window, the arrow of God's deliverance. And then the old prophet turned to the king and he said, get your arrows, those in your quiver, and strike the ground. And the king, he struck the ground once Twice, three times. And the old prophet was angry. He said, you should have struck it more than that. Five or six times. For then you would have had a greater deliverance. You could have had more. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
there remains much land to be possessed. That's the word I just felt the Lord was bringing to you in Long Eaton. There is much land to be possessed. And in verse 6 of the same chapter, the Lord says, I will drive out from before. I will drive them out from before the children of Israel. Listen, you're not going to go on your own. I'm going with you. And I'm going ahead of you. And I'm going to make it possible to, for you to see greater things than you've seen before. Hallelujah. Individually and as a church. Greater than, than you've seen before. And you've seen some wonderful things in this church. I remember when you had that particular move of the Spirit in that tent, meet, them tent meetings that you had. I missed all them. I came at the end. I, I came at the end. And there was a tingle in the air. I could feel it in my fingers. <laughs> There's a song like that. <laughs> Just thought of that. <laughs> there was a tingle of, of something wonderful. Well, God is saying, there's much more land to be possessed. God's not finished with you yet. There is much more to be possessed. I've often been greatly encouraged with the word that the Lord gave to the Apostle Paul when he was in Corinth. It says of him, he was pressed in his spirit. And I understand that, that the original word means he was crushed. He was, he, 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 was a, he was a trailblazer, was Paul. He would go into a city where there was no, they didn't even know of Jesus Christ or his death or his resurrection or anything. They were pagan worshippers. They were... And, and he would go into the city and he would often speak uh, uh, to the uh, synagogue, Jewish people in the synagogue and in the marketplaces and he would be preaching away. And he had it tough. It says he was pressed in his spirit. He said, but that night the Lord stood with me and said, don't be afraid, Paul. Keep on speaking. Nobody is going to hurt you and harm you. For I have many people in this city. It has encouraged me over the years. Many, many. I have many people in this city. They might be sleeping in the wrong bed this morning. They might be meeting with the wrong company this morning. They might be in the depths of, 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 of um, sin this morning. But they're not going to stay there. They're going to come in. Hallelujah. They're going to come and, and, and be part of my family. Hallelujah. There is much more to be possessed. Hallelujah. I wonder this morning, as, as the Holy Spirit, I trust, says to you as an individual, sister, brother, I've got more for you. There is much land to be possessed. And as a church, there is much land to be possessed. Shall we stand together and... We bless your name, Lord. Praise God. <clears throat> Father, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we just bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are old, he said. He said to Joshua, you are old. But there is much land to be possessed. Hallelujah. Others are going to do it. 
there's going to be a new generation of people that's going to take the land for Jesus. Young families, hallelujah. Young people, oh, praise God. Oh, Lord Jesus. You know, I think I'm happiest when I'm pushing leaflets through doors and praying for the people inside. Lord. Let them be saved. Let them come to these services. Let them, Lord, let them join the next Alpha course. Oh, hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, and in your world, your world where you are, your family is your world. Your workplace, if you're in employment, is your world. Your college is in your world. Let's pray now in the name of Jesus. There is much land to be possessed. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray over one another right now in thy mighty name. And we pray, dear, dear God, this promise into fruition and into existence, dear God, that there is much land to be possessed. And we pray for those God ideas and those God moments whereby you lead us, Lord, in the right path. We pray for a, a, a wonderful future, oh God, for this fellowship, dear God. Greater, Lord, we pray, than ever it's been. Lift our vision, we pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus, to see greater things than we've ever seen before. In thy name we ask it. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. We agree. We say that together. Yes, hallelujah. You know, Christmas is a great opportunity. I, we, we shouldn't need to look for opportunity, but the Christmas period, um, we're told throughout the nation, people think about life and uh, probably open more than any other time to actually maybe come along to something like a carol service or a span. And so, as uh, Pastor David has challenged us this morning, there's great opportunity. And it's said in Joshua there that Joshua was told to allot the people, area, land, and then they went to go and possess it. And God said, then I'll be with you and go. And so there's an allotment for us, as it were. And uh, to reach out to those around us. And this particular season that we're coming into provides us with incredible opportunity whereby friends, neighbors, work colleagues, family, you name it, it's a great opportunity. So for us to think and pray about that and to be open to that this season. God bless you. Have a great day. Look forward to seeing you this evening. God bless you.